Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient 18s in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. I am your host, Tom Barton, from TomBartonSports.com. Go check me out, TomBartonSports.com. Over on X, the Twitter, it is Tom Barton Sports, Tom Barton Sports at gmail.com, and Tom Barton Sports over at YouTube. You can use those likes and shares as well. Well, guys, look, we get into the real middle of Ivy League play, and we, we had an interesting week. It was an interesting week because I called it separation week, and we had some real good games. That I think we learned something about these teams, but I also believe there's a lot of questions still to be answered. We only have games this week, um, you know, that when we're looking at it, I, I don't want to just preview just this week because I think that they're rolled into two weeks. So I'm going to do this week and next week's and give you a, kind of a two-week preview today of the next two weeks because of how they're rolled into each other. And you'll understand as I go down the road. But let's look right away and take a look at what happened last week. Columbia took on Brown. Look, we came into the week with the three top teams. Okay, we came into the week with uh, Cornell, Yale, and Princeton all sitting very close to the top of the Ivy Leagues. We left the week where we had some answers on who might be that fourth team is. Now, Columbia had sort of come back from the dead. We talked about this. I've talked about this all year long, that Columbia was a team that really was impressing me. They were losing games, but they were losing them so close, and they were an impressive team. Well, they showed up last Saturday in massive, impressive fashion. They get an 83-69 road win. Now, while I do want to applaud Columbia, who was just uh, absolutely fantastic, you look at what they did, yeah, that's great. But this is more of a problem with Brown. I, for a couple of weeks now, I think that we've all come to the conclusion that Brown may be the worst team in this conference. Brown looks like that. They can't stop anyone. 40 and 43 points for Columbia in first half and second half. Now, Lilly for Brown went off for 24 points, and it didn't matter. It's not like they lost this game, guys. They got blown out of this game. They got blown out of the game at home against a Columbia team that is now fighting, fighting for their lives in the Ivy Leagues. And they take the, the upper edge. They go to three and four. They take the edge over now two and five Brown, whose chances at a playoff look all but dashed. Princeton came back from their loss, and they needed this win. They needed this win huge. Princeton at home, they were going to win this game. They were about a 10.5, 12-point favorite, uh, depending on where you were shopping. They win 77-70, and they surprisingly struggled against Penn. You could talk to me about Penn fighting for their lives. And they are 1-6 in the Ivy. I just called Brown the worst team in the Ivy League. Well, Penn's got a claim to it as well. Uh, Princeton, you're worried for a performance like this. You're worried when Spinoza from Penn goes off for 19 points and 14 rebounds. Now, Lee went 22-10. and 10. But you expect that from Princeton. If Princeton wants to be the team that we thought they were earlier in the year, you can't have games like this against Penn, and they just did. So it's a win, but it's a win at home against a team that you, you should have slaughtered, and you didn't. You know, a seven-point win. They had the lead at the half, Penn, Penn did. Uh, they scored 40 points and a half. These are the concerns moving forward for a Princeton team that I think the media and the general national publications and, and the national outlook on Princeton is quite different than us that are following this. Princeton is not that elite team that we thought that they might be. And games like this worry me, albeit in a win, it worries me. Harvard took out Dartmouth. Dartmouth now has scored 
less than 60 points, and that, that team total under is just is just cash money. Uh, Dartmouth has now scored under 60 points in 13 of the last 14 games. The only time they didn't do that in conference play was a couple of weeks back where they had 26 points at the half, and then they just exploded in the second half. I, I mean, that that's the only time that that happened. Dartmouth, 77-59. Harvard was in full control. They held them 28 points in the first half. They have Harvard had 41 uh, Mac had 18 points leading the way once again, and Harvard suddenly moves to three and four as well. And they're on the verge of kind of being that team right now. It's Harvard, it's Columbia. They, these are the two teams basically fighting and they pulled away from Dartmouth and Penn who are one and six and Brown who are two and five. It is really a two team race for that last spot as of now. And then we had the big game of the weekend. Yale against Cornell. It was in Yale. I told everybody, look, I was on VEASAN this week and uh, before uh, the Yale-Cornell game, and it was one of my highlighted games. I told everybody uh, on VEASAN, listen, um, you know, jump on Dartmouth for team total under. It was team total under 64 and a half. Nailed it, 59, no problem. And, and I also said, look, I think Cornell with the seven and a half is going to play really well. It wouldn't surprise me with an upset. But I wasn't sure they had enough to win this game. Well, they came out of the locker room. Fantastic. Put up 46 first half points. Got to be a concern for you. Yale, he's out there. Um, but Yale does prevail. They prevail at home seven, uh, 80 to 78, but still putting up 78 points. Cornell's got to feel really good about themselves. Yes, they're 6-1 and one in the Ivies. Uh, they're in second place. Yale is 7-0. and oh, But they went into Yale and played really well. They went into Yale and Manning scored 22 points. They couldn't stop Wolf, but few can. I think in a win, Princeton has to have sort of been hanging their head. And in a loss, Cornell has to be feeling good. Now, Cornell's got to be feeling really good about themselves. Now, they come home for the Friday game. It's going to be a 6 o'clock start, so it's a little bit earlier. They come home for a Friday game against Harvard. Here's a game where if you weren't paying attention to how these teams got here, you may think that Harvard is in a good spot here. Harvard's been cleaning up against bad teams. Harvard's done what they had to do to get themselves back into this. I don't want to slight them. They've done what they have to do to get back into this thing. But Cornell's back at home here. Cornell has shown time and time again that they are and want to be one of the elite teams. And I think they absolutely are one of the elite teams in this conference. They might be the best team in this conference. I've said that many times. I Look, I hope that the Ivy League gets two bids into the NCAA tournament. I'm just not sure it will happen. And you look at Cornell and you go, they would be that that secondary team. You can't drop games like this. I know they throw out a spread about eight, eight and a half for this game. You can't drop games like this. Now, these two just played just a couple of weeks ago. And Cornell nearly scored 90. Harvard's defense just wasn't there. Uh, but we do still worry about Cornell's defense. You still have to worry about it. I think this is a game where we really will understand who Cornell is. They are in a must show the world kind of mode right now, right? You could drop this game and be perfectly okay in the Ivies, but they want to show the world, look, it's not Yale and everybody else. It's Yale, Cornell, and then there's a drop-off. And I think they proved that last week playing close, but they still lost that game. Coming up of a loss, I expect a, a huge game here at Harvard on Friday. Columbia plays Dartmouth. Again, Dartmouth, can they score 60 points? I, I mean, that it, it's it's not putting a slight towards them. It's really just looking at pure reality now. Dartmouth has played 20 games on the year, two games against non-Ivy League teams, okay, uh, against non-Division uh, I teams. So they've really played 18 games on the year. In those 18 games, uh, 15 and they scored 60 points or less. Guys, they just can't score 60 points. They can't put up 60 points. I can't expect them to win against Columbia. No chance, no how. 
if you can't get into the 60s. Now, you, you might tell me that they could win a game 59-56. Yeah, maybe they can. Uh, but you can't bank on that. I mean, Columbia is in a good spot now to take over. Columbia could go to 4-4 four and four and be that fourth team. I spotted them in week two. I told you about them since week two. I got a lot of uh, email out there, and you guys could go hit me up over on Twitter or email Tom Borton Sports at gmail.com or Tom Borton Sports over on Twitter. I got a lot of people saying, you know what, it, you're – you're really overshooting Columbia. Because I looked at the schedule and I saw what was going to happen here, or at least what I thought was going to happen. Columbia could very well be sitting alone as the number four team looking at the Ivy League tournament. Yale takes on Penn. Surprisingly low number here. Yale 7-0. They're only a, about a six six and a half point favorite on the road against Penn. Maybe the old adage here is that Yale could have a letdown game. Um, maybe it's that Penn is literally their backs against the wall. They must win this. But anything that you watch from this year tells you that Yale has to win this game uh, going away. I, I mean, Yale is separating themselves as the elite team in the Ivy League. They've got a lot of games left. They are separating themselves as the team to beat, the absolute best team in this conference. And I think that, you know, going to Penn shouldn't be as daunting as it could be. Princeton takes on Brown. Now they These two just played. It was a 10-point game. I thought it was a dis- disappointing effort for Princeton. I really did. And here we go. Princeton's winning. But they're winning efforts that, to me, are rather disappointing. This should be another win for Princeton. They should move to 6-3 and three in the Ivies, 18 wins overall. Uh, Brown can't seem to stop anyone. But would it surprise me if Brown played well? No, it wouldn't. And Brown's in the spot here as well. If they go to 3-5 and five and you expect Cornell to beat Harvard at 3-5, and five, um, all of a sudden their back's in the mix as well. So this could get interesting on Friday. Then we look at Saturday. The biggest mismatch potentially of the year, Cornell against Dartmouth. Hey, look, you, you expect Cornell to score 85 points almost every night, and Dartmouth can't get over 60. I don't know what the spread is going to be uh, for those Vegas people out there, but I would be setting this at, I don't know, 15, 17, maybe 20 points. I think Cornell romps them, which, again, you look at Cornell's schedule this week, two home games, Harvard, they'll be a favorite. Like I said, they're almost double-digit favorite. And, Corn- uh, and Dartmouth, who they should crush, Yale can't let up because Cornell is coming with this schedule. Harvard takes on Columbia. That's going to be a great matchup. So you expect, right now they're both 3-4 and four in the Ivies going into the weekend. You expect Harvard to be 3-5 and five and Cornell to be 4-4. Uh, four and four. This is the separation game. This is basically a playoff game for Harvard and Columbia, which is a really intense matchup on Saturday at 6 o'clock. Brown goes to Penn. The only way this game gets interesting is if Brown wins that game on Friday. Then they need that win in Penn to get themselves back into it. And the big game of the weekend, everyone's going to be talking about, is the Yale-Princeton game. It's going to be on ESPN2, a nationally televised game. Um, It's going to be at 8 o'clock. Princeton is not the same team. And I wonder if they're going to be looked at as, you know, the the team— we can recapture it, right? We can recapture what we had. I just don't see it. Yale is a machine right now. Do I think that they're going to play close? Look, I think that Princeton has to be better than they have been. I think they have to play better than they have been. Um, uh, but I haven't seen any evidence of it. I haven't seen any evidence that they can be that. So that's a little concerning. Now we're going to take the all I said there, and we're going to roll it into next weekend. So I won't be back for two weeks, but I, I want you to to understand it ties in. Dartmouth takes on Penn on Friday night. Okay, again, same thing, the scoring issues, right? Uh, Brown will take on Columbia in a game that could be interesting depending on how Brown's situation works this week. Uh, But Columbia is going to be in the spot to get another win here. Princeton travels to Harvard. 
interesting game for both teams because it looks like Harvard's probably going to be behind the eight ball and they're going to be down a game or at least tied with Columbia and needing that win against a Princeton team that more than likely is going to be coming off of an ESPN2 nationally televised loss at home. And Prince, you wonder how Princeton's going to react. And then the big one, 7 o'clock, Friday night, Yale at Cornell. We just watched it, 80-78. You know everyone's going to be on Yale, especially if they go 2-0 this weekend, and they're 9-0 in the Ivies, and they got 18 wins, and they beat Princeton on national TV. The world is going to be on Yale. This is Cornell's spot to shine, and this is what I want to talk about this week. This is Cornell's spot to turn around and tell the world Cornell is absolutely for real. It's also an opportunity to potentially get two teams into the big tournament. It could be Yale and Cornell getting into the big tournament. I think it becomes, for the psyche of this Cornell team, almost a must-win because they have battled so hard to show people that they can be this team, so we'll see if they can be this team. Then Saturday, Harvard against Penn. You assume Harvard's going to still be in this thing because they're going to get that win there, uh, even if they lose to Princeton the night before. Princeton goes to Dartmouth. That could be a big revenge game if Princeton's reeling. Take it out on, on Dartmouth. Cornell will then bounce back against Yale, whether they win or lose. They have a second game against Brown. Nice, easy game at home against Brown. And Yale has to travel to Columbia, which also can be an interesting matchup. So I think we do have a real interesting uh, you know, week ahead. I think we have a, a week where the next two weeks, really, we could call separation week, but it's really, I, I want to see what Cornell brings to the table. I want to see Cornell against Yale desperately. But I want Cornell to kind of do what they have to do to get there. And then you look at Princeton. And I think Princeton's the other interesting story. Is Princeton going to go into the tank? Can Princeton recover here? Um, Can Princeton, you know, show us that maybe they can compete with Yale and Cornell? And then finally, it looks like Harvard and Columbia in a two-team matchup for that fourth seed. And they're going to play this weekend, which is just awesome. We have a really cool weekend ahead in the Ivy League. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Tom Barton, go check me out, TomBartonSports.com, and have a very good week, everybody.